God's grace, his mercy, his peace are yours through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus spoke the words that were just read on the eve before he died. And you could say perhaps this was a part of his last will and testament, what he left behind to be a blessing, not just a reminder, but an actual blessing to all who would believe in him, the generations to follow. And I just want to start with asking a question. What, what meal has had the biggest impact on you? What, what meal do you remember most throughout your life? What about that meal do you remember? Is it just the people that you're with? Was it the, what was on the menu? Was it a really good wine? Was it a location, a place that you were at a special time in life, a special vacation? And it's one of those things where when you look back at that, picture of you there with whoever it was you were with and what was on the table it just brings back the fondest memories you can almost taste it in your mouth what meal has had the biggest most significant impact on you through throughout your life and maybe you could come up with a bunch of different meals the you know breakfast and lunch and supper what your favorite foods are Boy, as I thought about that question, and I know it's kind of a baited question because of what we're talking about, but the meal that is most memorable to me and has had the biggest impact is the one that Jesus left behind. And it started far before I could receive it. I can remember vividly as a young child, I was the youngest in my family, having to sit with three older sisters when mom would go up because dad was always in front as pastor. And my mom would go up to the front and they'd be doing things up there and she'd, you know, take the cup and at that time it was the, the common cup and then she would return and, and I remember trying to sneak down and sit next to her and then she kind of pushed me aside a little bit as she said a prayer and then I could smell the wine on her breath and I was just wondering what is going on up here and that mom comes and does this thing when she comes back and, and, it, and it had an impact on I me. Mean, I can remember even way back when I was four and five years old, I can remember this vividly. I can remember helping set up for this in a mission congregation in a basement of a professional building when my dad was starting a church and being asked one time to help set up. And that was a very big deal for a young kid. I can remember going into the glove box and taking out my dad's private communion set and, and trying to put together the little chalice thing and, and look at all this, and I thought this was the most wonderful thing that my dad had in there, not even knowing its use yet. Wondered about these little round wafers and these little plastic cups. And I can remember vividly, too, with 28 young kids wearing white robes after the, the grueling questioning to go forward and receive into my hand and my body the first thing. And I don't know if I even fully appreciated the extent of it, as God matured me in faith to long for and understand what he gives in the supper. If someone were to give you these two items, if you walked into a house and say, we have a great meal for you planned, please just come as you are, and, and we're going to give you everything you need, and they put in front of you a little plastic cup like this that was half full of just some sweet wine, and then put this in front of you, would you say, this is the perfect meal? It depends on your expectations, right? If you went there to be filled in your stomach because you were hungry, if you went to be wowed by the finest of wine paired with the perfect cut of meat, this isn't what Jesus gives. God longs to be with us. God comes to fellowship 
with us, and he does it through means. And the, the one mean that is there is, is the constant. It's where we learn all the information is his word. And it comes to us as the Holy Spirit works in words that are more than just splashes of ink on a page. God comes in the word and he comes to be with us and comes to announce his forgiveness upon us. But then God knows how he wired us. God knows how he made us. The way that we learn is more than just eyesight and, and what our ears hear. God wired us with all our senses, and so he involves a few more senses as he comes with water and baptism and that splash of water connected with that powerful word and that name that changes the water into not just plain water, but now water in the sacrament that washes away sin and connects us in this new status as child of God to all the things that Jesus has done, and we wear these robes of righteousness that God sees upon us, and that would be enough. But God knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows all the senses that can be involved and he wants to come to us in more than a one-time splash of water in baptism. He wants to come to us regularly and, and be with us and, and be in us. And so he comes with a little bit of wine and wheat, which are very perishable, items you could find in any, any kitchen. And yet, what he says about these simple, plain items changes what they are and, and what they do. And it's amazing when you think of what Jesus said. He said, take and eat, this, this is my body. It's a wafer, that's what you taste. It's dry to the tongue, it takes a few moments for your mouth to adapt to what's going on there, and it takes a few moments for you to swallow. You don't really even need to chew. But in and with and under this is what Jesus did. This is the purchase price for all that you do. And I think to fully understand what we're receiving and why we're receiving it is, is maybe as we come here on the regular now, even as adults, and maybe some of you now are in the process of studying towards this, and maybe you're at the age where I was when I was little and I'd see mom and dad come up here and wonder everything that's going on up there. When we come forward and receive this regularly in front of the Lord's altar, imagine if in the middle of that coming up into the aisle, God were to just offer an interview to you and your heart and to just ask a few questions to, to understand what it is that we bring to the sacrament what God needs to deal with and why God longs to come to us in a personal way. There's a way that we could have this interview with God. In, in, on page 156 in the front of the hymnals, there is this personal preparation for Holy Communion. And this is really like an interview with God and what he says. It's really just an interview through the Ten Commandments. And I'll just share with you some of the questions we might want to ask. I should examine myself according to the Ten Commandments and ask, how well have I carried out my responsibilities as a husband or wife or single person? as a parent or as a child, an employer or employee, a teacher or a student? Have I loved God with all my heart, gladly heard his word, and patiently endured affliction? Have I been disobedient or proud or, or unforgiving? Have I been selfish, lazy, envious, or, or quarrelsome? Have I actually lied or, or deceived? taken something that isn't mine or, or given anyone a bad name? Have I abused my body or permitted indecent thoughts to linger in my mind? Have I failed to do what is right and what is good? The questions can go on and, and can become even, even more personal. 
the God who knows you and searches you, who made you, who allows you to live and have your existence, is the one you stand before when you come to his altar, and this is what you bring forward. All that, that you do and all that you leave undone that goes against all that God demands and all that God, God expects. This is why we need the meal. This is why we need what God gives. Because what Jesus is doing, and this is what we bring, and really what we should be doing is, is begging for his mercy or running away from his presence, but instead, look at what Jesus brings to this meal. All that you bring, I have taken into myself. Everything that was, was done improperly, I have done it to the T. Everything that was left undone, I did to fulfill my Father's will completely, and he was so pleased with all that I have done. And Jesus comes not just as the content of the meal, but he comes as the spokesman saying, this is my body, this is my blood. 2,000 years ago, I did all that was necessary, and I bring it to you today. Taste and see how good it is. Salvation wrapped up in wine and wheat and put into you as close to your heart as I can get so that you can be with me and I can be in you. It changes everything. Jesus comes to us just as we need him. Everything that he has done is now ours. Everything that we need now belongs to us. Everything that God has promised is given a physical and real assurance. Every one of our senses is used and in tuned to all that God is giving and the blessings are ours. Take and eat. Take and drink. Body and blood given and shed for you. This is my blood of the new covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins is what Jesus says. And who are the many? The many are you. The many are me. The many receive what only God can give. And the blessings they go on to assure that all that is between you and your God is gone. And now all that, that God has promised and God has lying ahead for you are, are guaranteed. That's what Jesus gives. More than assurance, though, more than words of promise, this is deliverance to you. Your status has changed, and with that forgiveness, with that change of status, you're actually given power. Understand what it would be like to, to have your slate made clean, like if you had a record of tickets because you like to speed, and someone says, we are going to wipe your, your, your slate clean. And so if ever a police officer went and put your name in, they would see not a single thing on your record, as if nothing had ever happened. You had done absolutely nothing wrong. That is what happens when you receive the sacrament. God sees you through Jesus, and you're given a completely clean record. And the trust and confidence of God in heaven above is put back into you. And he says, now you can go with a clean slate, empowered by the Spirit, to live and be pleasing to me. I see you in Jesus. I give you Jesus. You're empowered by Jesus. Take and eat. Take and drink. This is the new covenant where God has done everything 
and you are simply recipients of it. And he says to do it often. He knows you, he knows me. We need this constant assurance, so what does God do? He comes to us every time the bread is given. He comes to us every time the wine is offered. And he says, take and eat. Take and drink once again. This is fresh and this is new. What I have done for you changes the way I see you. What I have done for you changes the plans I have for you. All is well. So, dear friends, let us allow God to come to us in the way that he sees fit. It would be enough if it were just the word. Wouldn't that be enough? Just him coming and an offering through, whether it's the pastor's voice or a caring Christian, the I forgive you that God gives. Retelling the story of Christmas and Easter, it's all there in his word and the Holy Spirit works through it. But then he comes with water too. That splash of water washes sins away, that would be enough, right? To know that this is a covenant God made with us that lasts forever, but he comes to us again and again, people dogged by the world, dogged by sin, personally, individually taking care of us, to be with us, to dwell in us. God comes in wine and wheat to bless you. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which is ours, through the Lord Jesus Christ, move and touch our hearts every time he comes to us with himself, real body and blood, given and shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. Amen. Our service continues with praise as we join in the canticle, Holy is Your Name.